What's up, maniacs? My name is Sky Menhart, and you are listening to Manic State of Mind, a podcast where I discuss my journey with bipolar disorder, mental health tips, and more, babe, and more. So if you're interested, if you or someone you love struggles with mental illness, then this podcast is for you. I talk about all things anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and eventually I'm going to get into ADHD, okay? So welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. I just want to say thank you guys so much for the support. Um, Thank you so much. I do have an Instagram and it is Manic State of Mind podcast on Instagram if you want to follow that. I post a little behind the scenes sometimes. I post what I'm going to be talking about in each episode. So if you want to know what the content of each episode is going to be a little bit ahead of time, please follow me on Instagram. And eventually, I keep saying this, eventually we're going to be No, never mind. I'm not going to make empty promises. I'm just saying I'm on Instagram and I would appreciate it if you followed me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Now, you probably know by by the title of this episode that I am roasting myself today. I'm exposing myself. I'm sharing my most embarrassing secrets online. Oh, no. Um... You know, people sometimes they're like, oh my God, aren't you like worried about what people, you know, are going to say about you? I, you know, I've, I've been so open on this podcast and I do that to destigmatize mental illness. And because a lot of the stuff I've been through uh, due to my bipolar disorder and due to what I've gone through is, is, is so funny to me. It just cracks me up. It's just the craziest shit. And so I like to talk about it because I don't get to talk about it with many people. Nobody really wants to hear about it. Um, And I don't really have any friends, TBH. So it's really good for me to be able to talk about this stuff and just share my experiences with y'all. And hopefully those of you who have gone through similar things can be like, oh my God, same girl. I did that too. Um, And I just want you guys to know this is... This is just what happens when you are manic sometimes, okay? Sometimes you do stupid stuff. Now, mania is a part of bipolar disorder, typically associated with bipolar 1, where you experience feelings of like a grandiose feeling, a, a, a large sense of self. You might think you're a god. You might think really highly of yourself. You might be psychotic. You might have some really intense mood swings. Mania is super scary. It's not only scary for you who's experiencing it, but it's scary for the people around you. And so if you are somebody who deals with mania, you can kind of understand the intensity it can be because when you're manic, now everybody's different. Um, When I'm manic, I am aware that I'm manic. And so not that it doesn't really help because I'm still out of control. I still feel like I can't control anything that I'm doing or saying. So the fact that I'm aware that I'm manic, it really doesn't make a difference as far as the behavior that I express goes. Like, I'm still going to be doing stupid shit. Even if I if, even if even I know that I'm doing stupid shit, I'm going to be doing it. Because that's what mania is. It's a total loss of control. It's a total loss of boundaries of what's appropriate and it's really intense and some people have more of an anger when they're manic and I've experienced that in the past but typically I am really irritable typically I am really anxious typically I'm really paranoid and I'm a paranoid person even on a on a good day when I'm not manic I'm gonna be honest with you okay I'm into conspiracy theories 
I believe the government is watching me. And when I'm manic, that is only amplified. So it's like amplified times 10. So not only is the government watching me, but the government is plotting to kill me. That's how I feel when I'm manic. So if that gives you kind of an insight as to what it's like, it's really not fun. But the reason I express these things and the reason I talk about it so openly is because I want people who have gone through similar things to realize that they're not alone. And I want people to understand that this can be funny. We can laugh about the stupid things we've done. We can laugh about it and we can heal, okay? That's the whole point of me doing this. That's why I'm so open and honest about it. So with all that being said, let's dive in. Now, last time I did speak, I believe it was episode 20. I spoke about embarrassing things I've done while manic. So if you're interested in hearing the part one to this episode, I suggest you listen to that now or after this. Um, because that episode, I spoke about some things and I might be repeating some stories, but that's okay for the new listeners. You guys can just have a, you know, a new thing. And for the current constant old listeners, you guys can get a refresher on the stupid shit I've done. That episode was very popular with y'all. So I appreciate that. You know, I understand it's, it's fun to hear the juicy details of somebody's messy life because, you know, you're not living it. So it's not as intense for you. And it's not really as intense for me anymore because I genuinely do not care. Uh, and maybe that's going to change in maybe in 10 years, I'll really regret being open about this stuff, but I just am not there yet. So I'm just going to go with it. So a few, I wanted to talk about last, last time I spoke about stupid things I've done while manic, I talked and mentioned about how I had run around the woods naked. Now, nudity is a common thing for people who are having a manic episode. I don't know how common. I don't know a percentage, but I know that's kind of a a common thing. I know a lot of times in the olden days, this would happen, especially before they had any way to treat bipolar disorder. People would become manic and they would run through the streets naked. And, you know, it's a horrifying thing to see. Imagine in the 1800s, you're just walking down the street and this nude person just runs past you. They're swinging all over the place. And it's like, oh my God, I'm walking. Hello. It can be really uncomfortable. And I'm already someone who is very open about uh, my sexuality. I'm really oh, I'm really just an open book. If you guys listen to this podcast, you know this. I just don't I maybe it's because I have ADHD and I overshare. I'm just genuinely I don't have any secrets and I'm so willing to talk about everything and be super open about everything. So that's just who I am. So all ready to start off when I'm not manic, I'm pretty open. <laughs> But there was this one time when I was manic, and this was my last manic episode, my most uh, most recent one, which I'm going to talk about in the future. But I was in a mental ward. Now, this was not a hospital. This was not a hospital. Let me make that very clear. This was a very scary place. It was a very scary place in Jacksonville, Florida. If you guys know anything about, I don't know, for my viewers outside of, of the U.S., Jacksonville, Florida. Number one, Florida is a sketchy place, okay? Lots of sketchy things happen in Florida, the state of Florida in the United States. It is just, if, you, if you're if you from the U.S., you know Florida is not the best place to be. A lot of old people go there to retire, and then depending on where you are in Florida, there's a lot of crime, there's a lot of sketchy drug use, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in Florida. And Jacksonville, dude, it's Northeast Florida, dude. 
that's a crazy place. So I was at this mental ward in North Jackson. I don't know if it was North Jacksonville. Might have been South. I don't know. Anyway, I was at this mental ward and it was just a facility. It was basically jail, but it was, you know, um, uh, co-ed and you... (sighs) I don't know. It was just horrible. They they gave us these like paper scrubs to wear. You couldn't even wear your bra there because of they were worried that you would cut out the wire to like kill yourself. It's really intense. This is what it's like in these mental facilities. A lot of times they don't let you wear your bra. They don't let you like it's that you don't, you can't wear underwear. They're afraid you're going to choke yourself with something. You can't have a belt. You can't wear your own clothes. Like it's really old school terrible. And so we're all dressed in these blue scrubs. Now, the thing about the psych ward is oftentimes when you're admitted and you're manic, they will not give you medication until the doctor comes in the next day. So it's really awful if you're admitted on a weekend because the doctor won't be in until Monday. And so you have to wait without medication In a horrible facility, you might have to share a room with someone. The showers might be group showers. Like there, anything can happen. And you're manic and you're psychotic and you don't get your medication. Here's my thing. And I've been, listen here, I've been into many a psych ward, okay? I've been hospitalized many times. I've been through the ringer as far as psych wards go. I've seen it all. This one was the worst place I've ever been, okay? Save the best for last, you know? So I'm in this psych ward and I'm full-blown manic, the most manic I've ever been because I, I had not taken my medication in eight months I was just smoking weed all the time because I thought that would, you know, that works. That's effective for mood stabilization. It really, uh, I I mean, it worked for a little bit. I'm going to be honest, but it stopped working, okay? And so I'm in the psych ward. I had walked all night. I had been in the streets of Jacksonville all night. Anyway, and so I get to the psych ward and my one thing when I get into the psych ward is I want to sleep. I want to sleep. I want medication to get me to sleep so that I can, you know, I can lose some of this manic energy because a lot of the mania is perpetuated by the fact that when you're manic, you can't sleep. And the lack of sleep is a huge factor in becoming manic, especially for me. And I know, I know for a lot of people, sleep is a huge factor in their mood. And so when you don't get enough sleep and when you spend nights awake, days awake for an extended period of time or even a short period of time, it's a lot easier for you to be susceptible to mania and psychosis. And I, I I hadn't been sleeping for a few days and I just spent all night on the streets of Jacksonville. And so I get to the psych ward and I'm like, my goal is to get something to help me fall asleep. And when you're manic and you need to sleep, When you're manic and you have a goal, nothing's going to get in the way of you achieving this goal, okay? So I'm like trying, I'm begging the nurses. I'm like, please give me Haldol. If you want to know what Haldol is, Haldol is, uh, (laughs) the best way I can describe it, it's like a major sedative, a tranquilizer, if you will. And there's a few ways to administer Haldol. You can drink it, which if you (laughs) never drink Haldol, it tastes like poison. Like I'd rather drink a cup of absinthe than Haldol, okay? Haldol tastes like poison. 
So don't drink it if you can. You can also get injected in your like in your butt or in your leg. <clears throat> There's multiple ways you can do this. So I, I don't recommend drinking it. So anyway, I was bound and determined to get this Haldol and nothing was working. I was like trying to bribe the nurses. I was begging them. They were not having it. They were like, bitch, go to your room. And I'm like, what's the point of being in my room if I cannot sleep? And the thing when you're manic, when you're manic and you want to sleep, you do not sleep. There is no sleeping. There is no rest. Your brain is so overly stimulated you do not sleep even if you want to so before you guys are like oh why don't you just like go lay down like try to take a nap there is none of that happening when you're manic when you're manic you are you i mean if if you've looked at manic brain scans versus a normal brain scan your manic brains are lit up way more they are way more active than a regular brain so it is really hard to sleep it's really hard to sit still one of the things about bipolar disorder that i wasn't even aware of until recently is that bipolar disorder is it's it gives you a, a lot of energy especially bipolar one because you are more prone to mania you have just more energy you have just, it's like an intense energy in your body. My mom used to tell me when I was a kid, she would sit beside me and you could just feel like my little body just pulsing with energy, like just shaking with this energy. And I've always had this incredible energy. And I'm not saying that to brag, dude. That's not like me saying, yeah, I just have like an amazing, no, it's, it's intense and it can be really overwhelming. And how I cope with that now as an adult and what I recommend to other people is just getting plenty of exercise. You know, it's essential for me to really exercise, get my heart rate up every day so that I can express some of that energy. So I encourage you, if you do have bipolar, if you are a manic person, try to find an activity that is a really physical and intense activity that you can do every day. And that's going to help you sleep a lot better. So anyway, so I'm trying to get this Haldol, okay? I'm trying to get this Haldol. I'm like begging the nurses. I'm like, please, dude, please, 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 please. I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. And then I start bargaining. I'm like, okay, nothing's working. I'm like, what? And I'm not the kind of person, like when I didn't, I didn't think to like start knocking shit over or like hitting people. I didn't want to get like violent and aggressive. So I'm like, what can I do that's going to make them give me Haldol? And I was like, bingo. I get naked. So I took all of my clothes off. And <laughs> needless to say, it was effective. They screamed at me for 15 minutes. And I finally put my clothes back on. No, they, they like brought me into another room and I put my clothes back on. But I was like, bro, I just need Haldol. I'm not joking. And they were like, they were just screaming at me. This one woman told me I had the body of a 78-year-old woman which was just like about the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. And I immediately, because <laughs> I love be, like, honestly being manic, it is like a drug rush. Like it's like a high. And I was like, she told me that I had the body of a 78 year old woman and I just started singing. I was like, I'm gonna swing from the chandelier. And then she was like, oh, wow, you have a really nice voice. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't insult me at the lowest point and then tell me I have a good voice. That's not how this works. Ironically, that tech who said that to me, we actually became like pretty close and I really liked her eventually. But she just was so mean to me that night. And I didn't, honestly, I don't know what's up with me. 
a lot of times when people say insulting things to me, I just assume they have the problem and it's really not me. And so somehow I just was like, you know, I mean, what can I do? So what? Maybe I do have the body of a 78-year-old woman. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it now. So I just... It was just really horrible. And one thing I want to make clear, you should never insult someone uh, when you're when when they're in a mental. I mean, you should never insult someone in general, but especially when when they're in a vulnerable state, when they're already at their lowest point. Needless to say, what I did was effective. I mean, everybody in the facility saw me naked, saw my 78 year old woman's body. And but you know what? 10 minutes later, I was laying on my stomach in my room, my pants were down, and the Haldol was getting injected into my ass. So it was effective. It was effective, but at what cost? And this is the unfortunate part about the way people with mental illnesses are treated, because it's the... This is what I really think. This is why we need to destigmatize mental illness and we need to educate people on what it feels like to be manic, to be psychotic, to be having a schizophrenic episode. Because a lot of times these people, they don't understand. And so because they don't understand, because they're unaware, they don't know how to handle people with mental illness. And if you think that this kind of behavior was only in this place in Jacksonville, you're wrong. Every psych ward I've been to, there have been instances where the people who are supposed to be taking care of you as a patient are not capable of doing a good job and are not aware of how to treat people with mental illness, of how to talk to people with mental illness. And you would be surprised if you went into a psych ward and saw how, how, I don't know how to put this, it's like how backwards things are and how counterintuitive things are, and how horribly people are treated, and how you're treated like an animal and not a person. It's a really dark place. It's a really dark place to be in. And for somebody, for people to be verbally abusive to you while you're in a vulnerable state is unfortunately really common. And this is why I think we need to have people who who are compassionate working in these places, who are trained, who have had proper training and education so that they know how to handle people who are manic, people who are psychotic, people who are are having a panic attack, people who are depressed, people who are suicidal. We need these caretakers, quote unquote caretakers, to be aware and to be educated on how to communicate effectively with people who are in a state of emotional or mental crisis. So that was one of the worst experiences. And you're probably saying like, oh, Sky, aren't you ashamed that you did that? Aren't you embarrassed? I don't know what happened to me. I used to really, um, I used to really ruminate about the stupid things I've done while manic and feel this extreme shame and embarrassment. But Truly, I've been working on loving and accepting myself for such a long time now that I have forgiven myself for doing these things. And so now I just look at myself with love and I'm like, hey, I was doing the best that I could with what I had. And that is a strategy I encourage you all to employ. I'm going to get into more of that later. So last time I spoke about this, I mentioned falling in love with celebrities. 
This is something, and I wonder, like, does this happen to other people? I don't know. I used to have a friend who had bipolar disorder, but she didn't experience the mania the same way I did, which, you know, is very normal because everybody's different. And so I didn't really, I haven't met anyone who's had this problem. And I haven't met a lot of people who have what I have either. So it's, it's kind of like you know, I'm putting all of this out there and I, and I don't know if other people have the same experiences, but the reason I'm putting it out there is, you know, just in case they do. Okay. So, you know, falling in love with a celebrity. I know I spoke about that in the last episode where I, I thought I was married to this one celebrity and I was like, oh, my husband's going to come save me. And I was like, and I signed, it was, it was just like super embarrassing. And So this happened again in my last, in my most recent manic episode where I kind of fell in love with a celebrity and I thought they were coming to save me. And it's super embarrassing because this time I was on Instagram, like posting them and like, it was just so humiliating. I DM'd them. I mean, thank God they never saw it, which, you know, of course, and I was able to delete the DM later. So it really wasn't, it was just super embarrassing because I posted about it and people are like, what, what is Skylar doing? It's super embarrassing. But I want to talk about, um, going through a manic episode and being being on social media during a manic episode because that is something I have a lot of experience with and it's super horrible. That is something that's super horrible. And one of the things I encourage you to do, if you can, if you do experience mania or even depression or even just an emotional intensity, if you have like, maybe you've gone through a breakup and you want to get online and you want to post some subtweets about someone. Like, do they even say subtweets anymore? If you want to like post on your stories indirectly about the person who you just broke up with, just shady social media stuff like that, where you're maybe oversharing a little bit or you're you're putting things out there that you're going to regret in the future. But in this moment, it's like you're in this emotional state of, it's like an intense emotional um, crisis that you're having. And so you feel compelled to like share stuff online because you're so angry. And maybe you're in like a fit of rage, if you will. So I encourage you, if you are in those situations, just pass your phone off to a friend and say, hey, dude, I really cannot post right now. Please take my phone away. Or better yet, delete the app. Delete Instagram, delete Snapchat, delete Twitter, delete Facebook, whatever it takes just so you don't post things that you're going to regret later because that is a different kind of shame, okay? Whenever I was manic, I po- I posted, oh God, so much, so much horrible stuff. And I DM'd people horrible things and I was rude to people and I was just, it was awful. And so after I came down, <laughs> after I got out of the hospital, after I was on my meds, I was like, oh my God. I was reading the, all the horrible things I did, I said and did and posted. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a new shame. This is a, this is a horrible feeling. So I had to delete everything. I had to apologize to people. I had to, it was just awful. And I'm sure some of you can relate. Those of you who have experienced mental illness, who, you know, who have gone through a manic episode or maybe even a period where you said some shameful things to people that you regret and you have to go back later and apologize to them. It's like a really, even if you get drunk, you know, and you drunk text someone and the next day you're hungover and you have to like text them back and be like, hey, so sorry, I was super drunk. I didn't mean any of that. It's very similar. It's a very similar feeling. It's that similar shame. 
And so I had to go through that after posting about the celebrity and like saying, babe, where are you? Like just stupid stuff online that everybody saw. And so it was really embarrassing. It was really shameful. And I, I'm so thankful today, you know, two years later, I'm able to look back and forgive myself for that. But it takes a lot of forgiveness and a lot of acceptance and a lot of surrender to get to that place and just be able to say, you know what? I was manic. What can I say? Thankfully, all the people who I, most of the people who I had been mean to, they were very uh, considerate and kind and they forgave me, I suppose. But it was just really embarrassing. It was really embarrassing. So, yeah. So another thing I wanted to talk about was, I don't know. I haven't, I I don't know. There's a lot of shady things I've done while manic that I don't really want to share because they're super personal and really, I really regret them. And I, I like talking about the funny and more humorous aspects because, you know, we can all laugh at it. We can all look at it as a joke and be like, hey, dude, what can you do? That's just life. And so I want to say the unfortunate thing about having bipolar disorder, especially, you know, when you... I mean, having any kind of mental or emotional condition, it can cause you to think irrationally and do irrational and impulsive things. And it can be really hard to deal with the aftermath of those things. And so what I want you to know is that it's okay. Just take a deep breath. I promise you, your feelings will improve. If you're going through a situation where you've done something you regret, Just make sure that you apologize when necessary and forgive the other people if you need to. But the most important person you can forgive is yourself because you are the one who's going to have to live with these feelings and with your actions. And I think it's an important conversation to have, especially about mania. You know, we do need to take accountability for the things we've said and done while manic. At the same time, we need to be open to forgiving ourselves and accepting ourselves and forgiving others and accepting others. But forgiveness, what I want you all to know about forgiveness is that forgiveness is something that you do for yourself. You know, I think so often we forget, we think we need to forgive other people because we're obligated, but really forgiveness is something that you do so you don't live with that regret, so you don't live with that resentment. And it's important to be aware that you can resent yourself for a lot of these things. And for a while, I went through that. You know, I went through a lot of shame and resentment of myself, and I was like, ugh, why did I make all these mistakes? Why did I make these poor choices? Why, why, why? And the truth is, I was just doing what I knew to do with the tools that I have, that I had. And at the time, you know, I used to be a very unhealthy person. I was very toxic. I was not in a good space emotionally. I was not in tune with myself. I was a people pleaser. I couldn't say no. And so after two years of just working on myself and going to therapy and taking my medication and getting treatment for my issues, I've finally come to the place where I can forgive myself and I can laugh about this stuff because I've done the work. And so unfortunately, you know, sometimes you can say, I forgive myself, I forgive myself, but you might not feel that forgiveness 
for a little while and that's okay. I want you to know that it's okay. If you're struggling with forgiving yourself for doing something you regret, I want you to know it will get better with time, especially if you use your time effectively by continuing to affirm yourself, continuing to accept and, and, and continuing to love yourself in any way that you can. And so that is really the lesson I've learned through having bipolar disorder is just learning to forgive myself and learning to accept and love myself. And that is a blessing. And I talked about last week in my last episode, episode 33, Lessons from Finding Nemo, I talked about the quote, a hard life is a good life and kind of what that means to me and what that means in regards to the story of Finding Nemo, which is a pic, is it Pixar? Is it Disney? It's a movie, a children's movie that was really, I, I don't know, it's super cute. It's about a little fish. I talk about it in the previous episode. Um, and I was talking about a hard life is a good life. And I remember just my aunt telling me that all the time when I, you know, when I complain about my life and when I'm like, oh, I just don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I just feel like, when is it going to get better? I just have all these issues. And she would always be like, a hard life is a good life, you know? And I think it's important to be aware that we all do go through hard things. We all have burdens and regrets. We all have mistakes that we've made and things we wish we had done better or differently. But what's really important is to learn to accept ourselves through, through the good and the bad, through our hard lives, and just appreciate what we do have. And so I'm going to be honest, it's taken me about two years to feel comfortable sharing these stories and to feel comfortable thinking about them and talking about them and being open about them. And so it does take time to get to a place of self-acceptance, but it is really worth the work. It is really worth it because you, when you forgive yourself, you are just lifting this burden of shame off of yourself and letting it go. And when you forgive yourself, you no longer need to feel guilt you no longer need to feel regret because you just accept yourself for who you are, the good and the bad. And that is something I would like to encourage you all to do and to just think about this week. As you're going through your week, just notice the way you are talking to yourself. Notice the thoughts that you direct towards yourself and try to become aware of them. And notice if they tend to be kind or if they tend to be mean. I know sometimes for those of us who have grown up with a critical parent, with, a, with harsh parents or even abusive parents, we tend to hear those critics and those mean inner voices in our heads and this inner voice can be really just hard to deal with. I know for me, I was just, my mother was kind of critical growing up and I'm not, I'm not blaming anything on her. I, I love her and I have a good relationship with her now, but I always was very critical of myself and I was always, I've always been so hard on myself. And so what I have been working on now is just changing the the tone of the voice that I use with myself and trying to approach myself with the same kindness that I give to other people. And that is something I want to leave you with. You know, there's a verse in the Bible. I'm not a Christian. I'm not supporting Christianity, but there's a verse in the Bible where Jesus says, 
uh, love others the way you love yourself or be kind to others the way you're kind to yourself. And I would like to flip that around and say, be kind to yourself the way you're kind to others. Because I think a lot of us have grown up learning to people please, learning to put others' needs before our own. And I think we need to give that love. We are so ready to give to other people. We need to turn around and give that love to ourselves. And just find ways to express that love for ourselves by being kind with our thoughts, by being kind with our words, and by being kind with our actions. So I encourage you this week to think about how am I talking to myself? How is this voice in my head? What is it telling me? How, how does it make me feel? And how can I make myself feel good this week? What can I do to be kind to myself today? That is what I want to leave you all with. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I know I didn't get into too many stupid things, but honestly, I talked about a lot of them in episode 20. So if you want to check that out, please do. Um, I went into more of the humorous side of things in that episode, but today I really wanted to give solutions as to dealing with shame and regret and how to kind of heal from these moments of weakness, moments where we regret the things we do and how to forgive ourselves and move forward. So if you like what you've heard, please subscribe. Please leave me a rating. Leave me a review. It really helps the show. If you like this show, please share it with a friend who you think might like it as well. And just let me know what you think. My DMs are open on Instagram. You can follow me at sky.menhart. That is S-K-Y dot M-E-N-H-A-R-D-T. You can follow the podcast at Manic State of Mind Podcast on Instagram. And I post, like I said in the beginning of the show, I post just behind the scenes. I post what's what we're going to be talking about during the week, the topic of each podcast. So if you're interested in that, please hit me up. I will be linking my TikTok below as well, where I just do a few humorous stuff, more, more funny stuff, uh, less mental health related things. So if you're interested in that, please check it out. I will see you all next week. I hope you stay safe. I hope you have fun. Do something fun today. Do something fun today. Get out of your comfort zone, have a little fun, spice it up, do something kind to yourself. And I hope you all have a wonderful week.